If you're a local government enthusiast who's looking for fresh conversations over a hot cup of morning coffee or tea or while you're driving or walking the dog, you do you. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Local Gov Cafe podcast. Hosted by Susan Gardner and Ann Mitchell, this podcast is devoted to having conversations that matter, covering the full menu of municipal topics. You'll discover guests who bring insight and inspiration to the issues that drive and challenge communities. We'll be talking with leaders in policy, practice, consulting, and academia to put a spotlight on civic government and the people who make it all happen at the local level. Hello, this is Ann Mitchell, and along with my co-host, Susan Gardner, we're really excited to talk to you today about our upcoming podcast called Local Gov Cafe. Good morning, Ann. How are you this morning? I'm great, Susan. I'm really excited about this adventure we're going on. Me too. It's super to have this opportunity to talk about the new podcast, and maybe we should start off by giving folks an idea of what's on the menu for upcoming episodes. Well, Susan and I got together doing some research when I was doing some research undertaking that, and Susan and I talked about what our next phase was of projects that were coming up. And one thing we were both really excited about was doing this local government podcast, because we feel that there's not enough information out in the public, understanding about local government, but celebrating the innovation in local government. And often that gets overlooked. So this podcast, we want it to be that celebration of local government and bringing knowledge to general citizens and stakeholders who don't really understand what local government does and how unique that public sector organization is. I think uh, local government professionals, um, you know, leaders and practitioners are going to find it uh, interesting too, because we'll be, you know, talking talking about things that will be of interest to them, and sharing stories from other communities like theirs, and uh, some of the challenges and opportunities that uh, they've been able to take advantage of. Yes, I would agree. And Susan and I have both been immersed in local government for many years. And we both are very passionate about the sector. And what I love about Susan is when I would encounter her at various conferences or municipal local government events throughout my time, she was always so excited about different things that were happening in local government. And I'm just excited to see what Susan's going to bring to this podcast and the fact that we want to you know, enlighten people, but also to engage them, to get excited about local government, those in it, as well as those outside of it, I think. Thank you, Anne. That's really kind. And I've certainly made a career of celebrating local governments. Uh, You know, I do believe that it is the government closest to the people and that has the greatest opportunity to make an impact on people's quality of lives. And as you said, it's uh, often not well understood by the public. And uh, certainly you and I have talked before about, you know, the confusion around who does what and who's responsible for what across various levels of government. And I think our conversations should shine a light on some of that as well. 
Yes, I would agree, Susan. Role clarity is such a big issue in local government between political and administration, but also the various levels of government. There's a lot of misunderstanding what the different levels of government, and I've encountered a few CAOs or city managers that have come from federal or provincial levels of government. And when they they assume that it's going to be very similar to those levels of government, but it really isn't. And I've run into a few very recently that, and they've said to me after, this is a completely different animal than federal or provincial government. And it really, really is. It is a government close to the people, which is great in some ways, but also some ways a little bit challenging. So it's going to be interesting to explore those themes and to really look at what do the politicians do? What do the administrators do? Because that's something I'm pretty passionate about and getting that clarity out to um, the regular citizens. Now, Anne, you you say you're passionate about it, but you're really passionate about it because, in fact, it was uh, the basis for your research for for your Masters of Leadership. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that because I think people tuning in for the first time will be interested in learning that little piece of your background and about your your research. Well, I decided to undertake a Masters in Leadership at at my uh, tender age then of 54, and it was through Royal Roads University. I wanted to study local government, and when asked by my professors what what was it that I wanted to do? And I I responded, I want to fix local government before I retire, which was delusionally optimistic. But I, I really wanted to get people to understand the role clarity. I think that was my biggest concern. So my thesis question actually was, um, how can we enhance the trust and respect between the city manager or CAO and the local government council? And the response was overwhelming to the research question. And that's when I knew there are so many people out there that are struggling with this issue of role clarity. And then that we also throw in conflict of interest when we always see in the news councillors, politicians misbehave. And so there's all these factors that play into role clarity and the absence of it, or where does it work? So the research was absolutely fascinating, and I really enjoyed it. But I was very surprised at the feedback. There is a lot of people out there that are passionate about this subject, too. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we see there uh, there can be conflict in a community between uh, between the the elected leaders and uh, you know their CAO, and there can be a tendency to think that there's fault on one side or the other, or this is uh, a unique problem in that community. But it's actually a very widespread problem in. Uh, many communities right across the country. Yes, I would agree, Susan. And one of the biggest takeaways from my research is that critical relationship is if that relationship isn't nurtured and the respect and the trust isn't there, it not only affects the municipal organization, but it affects the widespread community too. It's very dissimilar than people look at a CEO of a private company, but a CAO of a public sector or local government organization is the pinch point between the council and the administration, but they also have to be um, respectful and have a relationship with the stakeholders as well. So that is, that was one of the most fascinating 
answers I got from my research was that this critical relationship affects not only the organization, but also the community that it's serving. So those impacts aren't just felt in the decision-making process, but they also flow out into the, the larger community. Yes, very much a ripple effect. So it's one of those relationships that needs to be nurtured all the time. And it also changed because we think about politically, we get a new mayor and council every four years. So the vision changes. So then the CAO has to adjust that and get that filtered through the whole organization out to the stakeholders. So it's it's a very much, I've always likened it to a balancing act. Absolutely. It's very much a balancing act. Yes. And it's a timeless topic because, as you said, you know, I mean, uh, role clarity, we may have one day, but it's an equation that's always changing. Uh, there's always new people coming in, right, at both the elected side and the administrative side. Uh, people who may not have uh, a background in local government may not have an understanding of how it works. So it's a it's a constant process of education and it's keeping that issue of role clarity top of mind always. Yes. And I think it's challenging for the politicians too as well, because they want to come in and they want to make everything run better. But then they realize once they're in, their role is governance and vision setting. And and you know, to them, I think that's like well, I want to sink my teeth into this. And you're telling me I've got to do strategic planning and vision setting. So we can see from both sides. And that's one thing I did get a greater understanding through my research of the politicians and the way they're looking at things and the way where they feel, you know, somewhat handcuffed or unaffected. Yeah, it's very tricky because We know often people run for office because maybe of a personal background, a professional background that is, you know, in some way related to uh, operations and that, that technical expertise, they're often eager to apply and teach the organization some lessons when uh, they come in perhaps only to find that's not really their role. So that can be a, that when it can be a tough one to manage uh, from an organizational viewpoint. It is. And when you're doing council orientation or board orientation of any kind to try and get them to separate that is oftentimes very challenging. Absolutely. So was there anything really surprising in your research you found that you hadn't really suspected you'd find? I think because coming at it from a CAO perspective, because that's been my career over the past 17 years, it it was really illuminating to me to interview the politicians. So I did a broad-based survey, and then I did one-on-one interviews with various, uh, I did five CAOs and five municipal politicians. And because it was a Canada-wide, I wanted to make sure that I had them from different provinces, but also different sized organizations to make sure there was a balance. But I really gained a greater understanding about the challenges facing the municipal politicians. They're one of five, seven, nine, 12, how many ever. They're coming in with their own vision of how they would like to see the community And they've also got to work with only one employee who's the CAO. But not only that, they have equal 
rights and responsibilities as every other member on council, one vote each. So how do we work collectively as a group and how do we become leaders as a group? So that piece to me was really interesting. And there's a lot of challenges that I hope we can dig into about development and some of the urban centers that are really having challenges of getting municipal council on and their developers or they have a development mindset. So there's that balance of, you know, bringing in development versus how do we keep our community the way we want it. So those pieces to me were fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tensions there and a lot of potential pitfalls to that councils need to be really careful about sidestepping based on personal interests and sometimes narrow perspectives. Absolutely. And I think we can do a better job as administration in the council orientation piece, because sometimes it's left to the province, but most municipalities do do it internally. But how are we doing it? And is it effective? Yes. Yeah. I know George Cuff has written often on uh, some of these pitfalls around orientation. And one of the biggest mistakes he says that municipalities sometimes make is including a lot of the operational stuff, you know, overviews of the different departments and kind of on the ground functioning uh, procedural information that really has very little to do with the responsibility of a member of council and kind of can provide a false scent for them uh, around what their responsibility is. Yes, and he's absolutely right. And I know he says, so we we tell them to stay out of the weeds. And the first thing we do is show them the public works department, how it runs. So we, and I always say that, um, and I do this with my staff, because how do you present to council? What's on the agenda? These types of things too. So either they can wander into the weeds on their own, or we can pull them in. So we all we are both responsible to make sure that everybody's understanding where they're supposed to be in that role clarity spectrum. Well, we are going to have uh, so much stuff to talk about and so much stuff to talk about. I'm really looking forward to um, the guests we're going to be welcoming here and the conversations we're going to have to unpack a lot of these topics. I am too, Susan. I'm really excited we're on this venture and I'm hoping that people join us to see what's on the menu, come into the cafe, sit down, have a coffee and listen and get your head filled with all the local government you could ever want. Absolutely. It's been a joy chatting today as always, Anne, and looking forward to next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for joining us in the Local Gov Cafe. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it on social media or tell a friend. And we hope you'll join us next time as we welcome our next guest. You won't want to miss it.